0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play, hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid, and all that play is gold. only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, back after a week off for the Round 17 buy round this week. Very good week off, ended up having a healthy baby girl, so that was all fantastic. She's now 10 days old at the time of recording, so all doing well, but pretty hectic as as people that have families can probably imagine, especially with another one that's under two, but all good news, so back on to chat about Supercoach again this week. Because of all those circumstances and the fact that we do only have a four-game slate this week with the bye, it does mean that it's just going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. I'm just going to do a quick one myself to have a look at, firstly, a mailbag segment. So, used to love getting the mailbag segment out in previous years. We will try and get it on a little bit more often than what we have this year. But basically, just some questions uh, from the Supercoach community, from the listeners that... Uh, They've come up with, they need a hand with this week. We're going to have six or seven of those that we're going to go through in detail. And then we're going to have a quick look at the four games this week. But before we do that, I do need to mention the fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast, Top Sport. Top Sport is 100% Australian-owned betting agency. Uh, Their odds are often best in market. Fantastic. Certainly NRL Often better than anyone else in the market, especially the anytime try scorers and the first-timers. I love those ones for Top Sport. But definitely all the other stuff too, even racing, they've got some fantastic odds as well. So if you are going to have a punt, do it responsibly, but make sure that you do it with Top Sport. When you create an account, this is really important, make sure that you do a promo code on there, SC All Stars. If you do that, they'll know that you're one of our listeners here, so they'll know that they'll have to take really good care of you, and also that you're an NRL fan. So Top Sport, get on them, love them let's get on with the podcast first of all we're going to go into the mailbag and i will say the mailbag questions are going to obviously have a pretty big buy slant and that's fine uh there certainly we're going to review the buy this week and the games that are going to be played across those four matches but we did do a big podcast uh the week before last when wilford came on so we've already gone through a lot of the buy stuff and The reason being is because really you needed to be doing your planning a few weeks in advance. A lot of people um, use their five trades last week that they had. So a lot of the buy planning is already done. So it's not going to be buy planning as such. I think a couple of the things that we mentioned the podcast two weeks ago was that we really need to be planning for not just this round this week, but also your run home and having a look at that, which is really important. So some of these questions are really going to point to that. The first question that we've got is from Adam. Now, Adam's pointing out his trades for this week that he's looking at, and he wants some feedback on those, and that's Simonson to Tupo and Cook to Bradley. Uh, he's mentioned that he does have Marnie as his uh, other hooker. It's going to be his main hooker, so his team's only going to have three trades after this, but he's going to be stacked at pretty much every position. One thing with trades like this, you really want to have a stacked team if you're going to leave yourself with three trades. So I'd be really careful. Like, if you had five trades left... I would almost leave those this week and just cop the buy for how many you have. Certainly down to four would be the the minimum that I would leave myself with after this week because you're going to get injuries, uh, you're going to get suspensions and stuff. So it's really important to leave those for yourself. If you've got a stacked roster, and that's what Adam has said, although I can't see it, um, I'd expect that you've got 21 odd players that you can use at the moment, um, interchangeably, everywhere. Um, if you don't, then I wouldn't say it's it's stacked. You know, you need that depth this year, so it's really important. So really have a think about that when you're doing these type of trades. Really have a think about it with the guys that you're trading out. So let's have a look at that with Adam's question first. Simonson, it, it has to be traded out. So that's a given. That's, you, you've got to go with Simonson. Cook's an interesting one. Cook has been going pretty poorly this year. You know, I even expected him myself to go a, a lot better. Uh, and uh, at least go on a bit of a run. And it just hasn't happened yet. You know, I bought him a few weeks ago, hoping for that. And look, he he threw up 105 against Parramatta in round 12, which was great. But then he's gone 42 and 47 the last two weeks. And that was against the Tigers and the Broncos. You know, so, I mean, if he was going to have good games, it would have been those ones. And he just hasn't. So, way too many of his scores are under 60. Um, His base is only down to 44 now. He's only hitting 60-plus 29% of the time. So, not even one in three games, he's giving you 60-plus. His average is only down to fifty nine now. He's not even a gun by the regular definition now. So, I completely understand getting rid of Damien Cook. It makes it makes total sense. The argument for keeping him though is simply when you have so few trades, you are probably better off keeping as many guys as you possibly can that are able bodied that you can play if you need to. Now, Damien Cook fits that bill. You know, you might not want to play him every week. But certainly in some head-to-head matchups, um, you know, in two weeks' time, he's got the Bulldogs in round 18. He got, he do, does traditionally very well against the Bulldogs. It's his old club. He'll step up for it. That's a game that you'd roll him out for, and that you'd be pretty happy to. Uh, the other thing as well is that Souths do have a pretty good draw in the run home, where they do have probably only two sides or three sides at the moment. Sorry, that are going to be in the top eight for sure. The rest of them are fringe or non-top eight. So their draw is good, but as he's shown, you know, he can score crap anyway. So I get getting rid of him. And I wouldn't talk Adam out of it. But, mate, I would just have a think about what else is in your side that you could trade out that you're never going to want to play. Because if Marty goes down, you're going to easily be able to play Damien Cook. Now, if you're, you know, I don't know, your second rower goes down and you've got a really poor second row option on the bench um, or a front row forward goes down, and you've got a really poor front row forward option on the bench and stuff like that, that's, that's going to be a really big hit. You know, that's not going to be putting a Damien Cook in. That's going to be even having to burn another trade just to get some cover in if one of those guys goes down for a week or two. Um, center wings a really tough one too because center wing, Adam could, I and I haven't seen his, his center wing, but maybe he only has five guys running, which is very, very common. And if you've only got five guys running, it's very easy for one of them to be suspended and one of them to be injured and then all of a sudden you don't even have enough center wing. Uh, and that's that's a real concern. The other concern is that you could just get one injury, but you've got four guys that you can play, but you're forced to play a, a subpar option. Maybe, you know, you've got like a, a Jason Saab who's going well at the moment, but he's playing the Melbourne Storm or something like that. You know, you wouldn't want to play him that week, but you'll be forced to and you might cop a 12 or something. So I would much prefer to get rid of a really crappy other centre wing option to get in a centre wing playable semi-gun or, or decent guy there for depth than to trade out of Damien Cook. So as far as the guys going out, that's sort of how I feel about it. I don't, I, if you had 15 trades, if you had 10 trades, even if you had eight trades, I guess I'd probably, yeah, it's fine to trade out Damien Cook. When you're leaving yourself with only three, it's one of those ones that I'd really think about because I know for my team personally, Adam, I'm looking at my team going, if I'm training someone out, uh, I'd rather be trading out a guy that I definitely don't want to play or can't play down the track. If it's a guy that I wouldn't mind playing or that I would rotate in, I'm trying to hold them. Because at the moment, I'm pretty low on trades too and depth is going to be key. So certainly Simonson has to go. Damien Cook, I think you can think about some of your other options in your team. But if you have to do it, you know, it's it's fine. He's not going very well. It doesn't look like he's going to have a huge bounce back. As far as the guys coming in for Adam's team, now, Tupo is an absolute given. Like, I, I can't get behind that trade enough. Tupo is fantastic value. We spoke about him a couple of weeks with the Catfish on this podcast when we were reviewing the buy options, and he was one of the better center wing options to get in. We mentioned that he had a couple of lean weeks. He had the Penrith week, and then he was coming up against the Storm. We said, you know, wait a week, get him for the Bulldogs week because he's going to drop in cash. That's worked out perfectly. You know, you can get him a 40K discount now by waiting that extra week, and he's 480,000. Now, 480,000 coming up against the Bulldogs this week is an absolute phenomenal one in a buy round. He's exactly the sort of center wing that you want. So, Adam, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that trade-in. It's a phenomenal trade-in. You don't even have to pay that much to go from Simonson to Tupo. So, I can't get behind that one enough, really. I'll also throw in, too, Daniel Tupo's third highest score ever was against the Bulldogs at 110. So, that that bodes pretty well. He is a guy that's generally going to score tries against weaker opposition. So, I think that he's, he's in for a try this week at least, um, if not two. And if you really were chasing, like if you got head-to-head matchups that are actually happening this week, he's a bit of a smoky that you could throw a C on and just like really hope for the best. Or you could throw a VC on him. I think he's a great VC option too. So he gives he gives you a lot of value, Adam, to get in. And I can't talk about him enough as far as a trading option. Good, good draw coming up too. Uh, and this is one of the things that's missed a little bit with... Guys like Tupou, but also guys like Teddy and, and some of these other strike weapons for the Roosters that haven't maybe been going that well. You know, the Roosters' draw at the moment is really, really solid. They've obviously got the Bulldogs this week in a bye round, which you just love having these guys for. But after that, they then go in straight into the Cowboys' and then they go into Newcastle. Now, Newcastle's obviously playing a lot better, so that's not an easy game, but certainly not a hard one, and is at home rather than at Newcastle at the moment. So, But even the next two weeks, you know, Bulldogs and Cowboys arguably have been two of the, the worst sides in the last few weeks, you know, with the scores that have been be, being put on them. You couldn't really ask for better matchups for the Roosters than around 17 and 18. So for strike guys like Tupo that can get a brace of tries, it, it couldn't be any better in the short term. They do have a bit of a harder draw, um but I wouldn't worry about that. You'd hold him through anyway and he's got games like the Broncos and Dragons after the you know a couple of harder games. When we're talking about Radley though, and this is Adams other trading. This one's a lot tougher. Now, really really divisive. There's some really good super coaches I know who are looking at Victor Radley and who are probably going to get him in. And then there is other super coaches that are very experienced as well, other podcasters as well, who are saying, why would you look at Victor Radley for? It makes no sense. Now, I've been really against Victor Radley in the past um, because people have been wanting to start him at the, at the start of a season when he's been like 450,000 this year and, and so forth just because he was a dual when the reality is he, he never plays more than about 50-odd minutes a game normally. The difference this year is he's in a pack now that is decimated Uh, We did see his minutes jump up as it was. Before he got suspended, he played 58 and 71 minutes those two weeks. And even to start the season, when he came back in round four, he went 62, 58, 66, 67 minutes. Uh, And Newcastle was a bit shorter, and then he had an injury as well. So realistically, he looks like he's going to play 60-plus minutes a game, which is a lot better than he's 51 minutes a game in 2020. So if he's getting those type of minutes and his price is right, he's going to be a bit more of an option than what people maybe give him credit for. 335000 So very, very cheap, and he's a dual hooker second row. I completely get people going there. Um, on, on the top of things, if I just looked at Victor Radley as an option, Adam, I would normally just say no. But if you're buying him for the right reasons, uh, it, it could be an option. At this point, you probably want to be getting in guns and or at least rotation guys like in center wing that you think can be guns for a couple of weeks. Those are the type of guys you want to be getting in because this is a run home time, right? So for Adam's team and certainly for everyone else's, you really should be getting in guys that you can rotate in and play. But the reality is that this year's been really tough uh, and trades are really at a premium. So what a lot of teams are going to find themselves in, if you do a bit of a plan, you're going to see that wow, well, I've got you know five trades left like Adam. And I can't actually get five guns in because I'm not going to have enough money. I don't have five guys that are worth enough along with my bank to trade out and get five guys in. That means you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Now, one of the sacrifices could be getting in uh, enough and then you might have enough money for four guns. That's one way to do it. Uh, Another way to do it might be to get in two mid-range guys. So you've got that depth and and three guns. You know, I much prefer to get in this year, especially some, some guys that you can use if you have to. Rather than getting enough, so I'd rather go for the two mids and a, and say a three gun approach rather than a enough and a, a four gun approach because I think that you're going to need that depth this year. I really do. That's why Radley I think comes into it as a as an option. I don't think you can get him in if you're going to play him often, and I don't think you can get him in if you have high expectations. But if you're happy for him to come in, in and buy around, that he's going to give you a number. And he's going to have the versatility to move around between hooker and second row forward if you need it with other trades that you might do down the track. And that you know that he's probably only going to average sort of 50s and not be a gun. Then, you know, I think it's a fine trading to have a look at. I would suggest, I don't know what Adam's bank is. um, And I'm going to assume that he's pretty good on his depth because he said that he is. So I'm not going to talk you out of it, Adam. I would just have a look if there might be other gun options available that, that you maybe should save that trade for because you very well could just go Simonson to Tupo and wait on this other trade. So just a few things to consider. I think Simonson to Tupo is a big tip you tick. You should be doing that immediately. Uh, the other trade, you know, you could do it. Um, just maybe have a little bit of a think about things uh, and other options and what you're planning on going forward. I should mention too, he mentioned he's doing two other trades to leave him with his three. So, um... The, the two other trades included next week's trades to bring him down to three. And that was Gutho to Pappy. Uh, that's Pappenhausen. And also Twal to Haas. So I think both of those are gun trades, Adam, for next week. 100% go all the way with those. I love those trades. Couldn't be better. And I guess three trades after doing two next week, you know, it, it's not as bad. Um, Sam Ford, big supporter of the podcast. Great guy. Uh, he's got some questions as well. Current trends would... Uh, I'll start that one again. With current trends, would a stack-the-back strategy be better than a stack-the-pack strategy involved? He's looking at Tupo and AFB this week, uh, but could go Tupo and Campbell Graham instead. I absolutely think that stack-the-backs is a strategy to go for. Um, I would only just say, Sam, that you probably want to make sure that you just got enough depth in your second row forward to cover it, because those second rowers, they're... They're going to get sent to the bin more often than the backs, as we've talked about before in other segments on this podcast. They're also going to get suspended a lot more because of that too. So you'd want to have one or two second rowers on the bench that you can use and start if you need to. I've got absolutely no issue with only starting three second rowers and not reserving any this year because I just think the second row s- stocks have really taken a bit of a, a bit of a hit and uh, the backs are the way to go. I very much would love to have... every centre wing spot um, usable, guys, because I think that you want to rotate. Uh, I think that you want to be your perfect setup for me, for my type of team for this year. I would have a reserve halfback, a reserve 5'8", three reserve centre wings and a reserve fullback, all that are decent plays. Now, it doesn't mean they all have to be guns, but they all have to be decent plays that you can rotate in. Uh, That would be the ideal setup. So, definitely I agree with Sam's approach. I I think it's a really good strategy, especially for those that are chasing. You know, if you are in the top 10 or 15, you know, you you probably wouldn't want to be, uh, I I guess, as risky going to try to play too many backs. Um, But, If you're chasing, especially, which most of us are, I think it's a fantastic approach to do that. And because of that, I would probably say, you know, Fenua Blake has looked good, but if Sam has two decent enough starting front rowers, which I assume he does, and even decent enough might be one just giving you a 50 Uh, I would much prefer to get Tupou and Campbell Graham in. Um, Campbell Graham, I spoke about two games ago, really loved him. He came out with a ton. I bought him for last week, really confident we could get another ton out of him, and he tunned up last week. I couldn't be bigger on Campbell Graham. Uh, Probably the only thing that I will say with getting him in, Sam, is I think the time was more the last two weeks. He's 530k now. It's probably not the best time to be getting him in. But he has gone 102 and 107 the last two weeks. And he does come up against the Cowboys in the bye round, which is a great cover opportunity. And then the Bulldogs um, the next week, followed by some good matchups after that. So you would have preferred to have done it last week or the week before, but I'd still probably do it this week and pull the trigger. So for me, Sam, Tupou and Campbell Graham, definitely go for those. Uh, just play uh, your, your TKO along with your IPAP in, in front row forward, if that's what you got. Um, and I I reckon that you're going to be better off going for that and stacking the backs a bit more. Scott, another long-time listener of the podcast, Um, would you feel more confident paying up 700k for AJ or to bring in Campbell Graham for Nofo, who does have Broncos in round 18? Now, he's actually posted his team here, Scott, so I can have a bit more of a look at it. Um, What I would probably say looking at it, Scott does raise the point that if it's not Nofo, he could consider training out at Heinz, Hines is a little bit of a contentious one because maybe he'll get one more game in, but there's, you know, Pappenhausen is potentially back uh, next game in round 18, if not the next week. So, you know, whether you hold him and you keep going or not, um, it's a bit hard at this point because you could trade him early this week and he gets one game and he goes well like he did last week with the Heinz ton. Or maybe he's benched next week and you're going to have to trade him anyway. So, it's a little bit of a tough one because no has also been going really terrible, so I understand why Scott's looking at trading him, it's it's I expected that Nofo was going to go worse this year, but it's pretty remarkable how much worse he's gone he's down to 380,000 now, that would be a bit of an issue in selling him, because I just don't think you're going to get the value out of him and it's it's almost the worst time to sell a player like Nofoluma. he's been going poorly, okay that's it, it's no getting around that, but after this buy, he has a pretty good run of games coming up. Uh, he's got the Broncos in round 18, where I've actually looked at him on a little short list for next week as my final center wing purchase, because if I can get a Nofaluma for 380 k for a Joseph Suali next week or something like that really easily then I'd almost do that just to have him in my centre wing as a bye. Because, yeah, he hasn't been going great, but he's the type of guy that you can rotate in against poor opposition that's going to go well. You know, he he put up 76 points against the Cowboys last time. He's got them coming up. Hasn't played the Bulldogs yet. um, Put 66 against the Warriors. So the teams that he's got coming up, you know, he's got the Broncos 18, harder game against Manly, but then he hits the Warriors, the Bulldogs, the Cowboys, the Sharks, Penrith is a tough one, but then he hits the Bulldogs again. You know, and those two Bulldogs games and that Broncos game, yeah, that's that's the bottom two teams that he's going to play three times in the last seven matches. So that's like 40% of his remaining matches are going to be against the bottom two teams. That's fantastic. Like, and I've spoken about the Tigers run home before and that maybe consider trying to hold some guys through this hard period and play them later. Nofo, um, I... Again, ordinarily, I'd say, you know, he's he's playing poorly. I get someone trading him. But at this point in the season, when you've got other options to trade, uh, I would actually try and hold him, Scott. I really would because I think that you're going to get a good score out of him against the Broncos. And I certainly think those two Bulldogs games are going to be important to be able to rotate him in. And the other thing, too, is that you're just not going to get the value. Like, if he was priced at 680k then it's a lot easier just to cash out because you're getting value out of that trade. When you're trading him at 380k, that's bottom dollar for him. He's not going to get any cheaper than that. So I I feel like you're just not getting any value out of doing the trade. And he's a guy that you could use down the track when you've got other guys that you can trade out. So let's talk about those other options that Scott has. One of them that I see immediately is when Scott asked this question, we didn't have team lists yet. Now that we've got team lists, Joseph Suali, has been put in the extended bench. Um, all the rumours are that Billy Smith is going to play because he's starting, um, basically, for the extra number for, to make up for Tedesco being out. That's probably going to stick because I think the Roosters want to get Billy Smith some game time and this is a good time to do that. Uh, and Sueli's been getting some some minutes, so it's a decent enough week to leave him out. If you can wait until, you know, the, that Bulldogs game pre-match to do your trade, that's going to be halfway through the buy round because then you can see whether Suali's definitely out. Uh if he is definitely out, I would actually be with Scott's 500k bank going Suwali to Campbell Graham that he's mentioned. Um and I you know I think that's a that's a phenomenal trade because you're going to want to trade Suwali anyway. Um or you could you could end up going 700k for AJ. So there's probably two parts to this for Scott. It's it's who he trades out and then which player he chooses out of Campbell Graham and AJ. It's As far as the trade-out goes, Suali's an option if he's not playing, and I think that's the best option for you. Oh, I really do. The other option that I would take, uh, I would go early on Hines. And that might sound crazy, but what it's going to let you do is the amount of cash you're going to fill up. You know, Hines can go straight to whoever you want. You're going to have like seven, 800K in your bank. And then someone like Tarn Milne, who you've got in your center wing at the moment, he can become anyone who you, that you want next week. You know, so, I mean, that's a that's a really big upgrade option next week with that Heinz cash by doing that trade this week. So I'd certainly uh, go Suali out first if I could, and Heinz would be the second guy out, and i just hold Nofo because in your centre wing at the moment, you've got Heinz, Suali, Burbo, and Milne, four out of your seven sports that you're going to either have to trade or hold and not want to play. I would much rather, because of your centre wing build, have Nofo in there to be able to play and use as depth later on. So that's as far as who you should trade out, in my opinion. As far as who you trade in, it's a really tough one because Alex Johnston has been going great guns. Um, I was hesitant to trade him in, and then he got his first ton in this run that he's currently on. And after that 154, I just sort of said, look, I've got to get him in. Uh, And after that, he went 124, 80, and 107 in his last three games. It's an immense amount of tries. He scored like seven or eight tries in that run. Um, it's it's incredible the amount of tries that he's been scoring. But in saying that, he's got such a phenomenal draw that we mentioned where the Cowboys, Bulldogs and and Warriors the next three weeks and then the Dragons as well. He's just going to destroy the next month. So there's no way he's not scoring at least three out of the next four, if not all four of the next week, four weeks you know, that are coming up. So it's a very hard argument to leave him out, even for 711000 Um Likewise, though, Campbell Graham's doing really well too. I, I would ideally want them both, so I'm not sure what Scott's other trade is. Uh, maybe he's going to hold it or he hasn't done it. If you haven't done the other trades, Scott, I'd 100% go AJ and Campbell Graham in. i try and get them both, and you can actually do that with your Heinz money and get rid of some dead weight out of that center wing. So that's what I would do, ideally. Um, if you had to choose between the two, then I think that it always depends on your future plans. So for Scott, If he's got plenty of cash and and doesn't need it for his trades the next couple of weeks and can free it up for his run home trades, then just go Alex Johnson because the money doesn't really matter too much. Um, If you're going to be short or it's going to hurt your future ability to trade in the next fortnight to get the run home team that you want, then certainly go Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham does have a lot better base. So I've said before, he's the type of guy that I'd be much more comfortable leaving in my side after a run, whereas AJ does have that lower uh, that lower base, so that's going to make it a bit harder in the tough games. I think both are great options, though, um, and, and you're looking at the right tradings, that's for sure. Moving on, we've got Matthew that has asked us on Militalo. Now, Militalo is an interesting one. I grabbed him in my draft comp a couple of weeks ago, um, and I was really happy with the returns for Militalo. He went pretty well against the Broncos on the weekend, scored a 52. Um, could have been better. He had a disallowed try, um, but... His base hasn't been very good, but he's managed to be able to, to score a fair few tries this year so far in his appearances. And he has scored uh, four tries in his last four matches uh, with a double coming in one of them and no try on the weekend, but he had a, a disallowed one. It's it's really interesting because the Sharks do have a pretty good uh, draw coming up. They do have the Warriors uh, at home this week in the buy round. He's a guy that can score tries. He's 495000 so he's not particularly cheap. Um, I'm going to say, I, I don't hate it as a trade-in, um, but I'm thinking that there's a lot better options. Like, I would much rather Campbell Graham for 35 k more. I'd much rather Daniel Tupo for less money than Mulitalo and still a pod at about 6% ownership. There is a multitude of guys that I would look at before Mulitalo. And if I was going to go extreme pod, um, you know, the other winger... Sione Katoa, uh, I actually have always really liked. And another bloke has actually asked about Sione Katoa as one of his questions. So, Jeff Sims has also asked about Katoa. Matthew Gibson wants to know about Militarlo. You know what, guys? I'm going to do a double answer on this one. Let's have a look at the Sharks' wingers together. Uh, My thoughts on Sione Katoa are I do actually like him more than Militarlo. A couple of reasons. Sione Katoa has always had a really good base-base attack. It's been really underrated how good his base-base attack has been. Um, his base raw is 25 versus a raw base of 21 versus Militalo, which is quite a big difference. If you look at it percentage-wise, it's like 18% better. Um, but the base attack that Militalo ha- uh, that Militalo has compared to Katoa is night and day. Katoa in the past has shown a, a massive ability to break tackles. He had eight or nine tackle breaks on the weekend against the Broncos. uh scored two line breaks because he does break tackles. He normally offloads a bit as well. He scored 59 points a game last year. We saw last year he can just about be a gun. He's 50k less than Mulatalo at 446,000. He's on SJ's side as well, which you would rather. So I I actually like him more. He scored a 70 on the weekend uh, and that didn't have any tries in it. He did have the two line breaks. So I actually think for a fair amount cheaper and for better upside and better base attack, Katoa is a much better option. I would be targeting him over Militalo. Um, So I think Jeff's on the money with that one. The thing is as well for this particular trade though for Matthew, he has said, do you think Ramian's a better option? Now, I I don't. I'd actually pick Katoa out of the four of them. Katoa is owned by nobody. He's 1% owned um, and it's actually going to be less than 1% because I think it's rounded up. So yeah, he's extreme pod. Ramian has gone 62, 51, 49 the last three weeks. Um, he does have really good tackle breaking, but you saw on the weekend, he, he absolutely bombed a try, or at least a, a try-assist opportunity, where he made a line break, and he just dropped the ball when the fullback hit him. He does that stuff all the time. He His errors, uh, and the amount of games that he misses, he's never played more games in a row this year, than what he just has with his three in a row. You know, three games ago, he came back from an injury, where he played one game. It, it's He's had... Either suspensions or injuries on five different occasions now that have kept him out for this season so far, and we're only at round sixteen that we've just finished. Uh, I, you can't rely on him, and I don't think that he's a big try scorer either. So even though he does look really sensational for patches, uh, I just I, I just wouldn't do it personally. I understand the appeal, but I would go Katoa out of those three Sharks players. I think it's a real good pot option, and I think that he's you know fifty sixty k less. Uh, I'd rather just go that pod route if you want a piece of the Sharks draw, because I think that he's going to get some uh, some good tries set up for him on this Sharkies run. Like I said, though, Matthew, I'll just finish up on saying I think that there's at least a few other better options than all those Sharks players. You know, I certainly uh, Tupo is the number one. Uh, Campbell Graham is the other, as far as the similar price points. So those are the guys I'd look at over all those Sharks guys that we just looked at. So, the next question is from JC Charles. JC is a long-time listener of the podcast as well, so appreciate that. He's got six trades left. He's holding Cleary and Walker, uh, which he's worried about, and I would be too, but, you know, if that's what you've decided to do, then go for it. Um, he's he's doing some other trades, but his big question is around he needy, needing to turn Hines and the Jet into two good centre wings uh, and wanting to get Fafina back the last week, as the next week as well so the centre wings seem to be the main part of the question here um, let's tackle that very quickly JC, I think that you're right to target two centre wings, I think that you really need it at the moment, looking at your centre wings, you've got Uh, three guys in there that you can't really play week to week in, Roberts and Suali, and you've got another guy in Hines that you're going to have to trade out. It's a similar boat to one of the other questions that we've had on the podcast. Uh, You know, when when four out of your seven centre wings are virtually unplayable or going to be unplayable, then uh, you need to to stock up there. Roberts and Hines, perfect guys to get out because you can get two guns in straight away. Uh, I've already mentioned, but I'm going to give you the same advice. Tupou and Campbell Graham, those are my two for this round, I'd be targeting those guys. You've already got AJ. Uh, he has said that he's going to miss Garrick. Uh, so he's already chosen to miss Garrick. So I'm not going to try and change his mind. I think that uh, for those price points and also needing some leftover money, which, you know, 846000 for for Ruben Garrick, who is now extremely expensive, isn't going to allow him to get David Fafita next week. But getting Campbell Graham in and getting Daniel Tupo in for around about a million square uh, is, is going to easily allow him to have some leftover funds to be able to fund a, a David Fafita trade in next week. So those are the ones I'd be going for. Um, and if you wanted like an extreme pod option that, that may or may not work out, but just a plug and play, I will mention um, Katoa that I said before. Uh, I will also say probably for this round, those are the best guys. But if you're looking ahead... Um, there might be some bargains down the track, so just revisit whether you actually need to get the two centre wings this week or not, because uh, you could just get one of them and leave some cash there for your trades next week. But that's that's the guys that I like. That's the mailbag for this week. We just wanted to keep it on about half an hour so we can get into the team list and have a bit of a shorter podcast this week. So first game of the buy round, we've got the Eagles versus Raiders. Now, Manly first. This one... Is a bit of a tough one because Manly have obviously been red-hot. So for Supercoach purposes, they've been phenomenal to have but they don't have DCE, they don't have turbo and When that happens Manly generally aren't very good. So it's an interesting one because they're coming up against a Raiders side that Have been absolutely abysmal really. They haven't been going well at all. So tough one to pick The most trading player this week is Jason Saab. Now, I I cannot believe that that's the case. I understand that Jason Saba has been going well, you know, and if you had him in and you held him through, you know, from the start, yeah, that's fantastic. But if you don't, you're paying $480,000 for him this week. He does have a minus 52 BE, but I mean, at this point of the season, I don't think anyone, even if you've got double digit trades, can afford to be getting a guy in and flipping him that quickly. Um, So I don't think the break even really matters that much. He's been going well. 162 last week versus Dogs is huge. And I think a lot of people are jumping on, kind of chasing last week's points. If you look at the month before that, like before he's 162, he went 67, 26, 42, and 30. That's not great. Uh, if you have a look at where, what he was doing with no turbo in the team, the first month of the season, he went 11, 29, 20, and 5. And everybody was jumping off him because that's, uh, that's the sort of flaw that he has. And then he hit up a 45 and a 44 in round five and six, and that was with tries. You know, he had an explosion last week, but for 480,000, I know he's playing the Bulldogs, but he's playing the Bulldogs without DC and without Turbo. His numbers without Turbo are shocking. Uh, I'm really surprised that he's the most trading player at the moment. If you can't guess, I wouldn't be doing it myself. Uh, Other guys in this manly side, though, Obviously, Ruben Garrick is the other big gun that people are going to be talking about. Uh, a lot of people are trading in. Ruben Garrick as well, uh, very good reason because just like Saab, he's gone on a really good run too, but he's been a lot better than Saab because he is the actual goal kicker. Now, he's the fourth most traded in player at the moment for this game, and he's 846000 So it is a ton of money to be spending on Ruben Garrick, but... it's a tough one because I couldn't say that you shouldn't get him for this game. He's gone 169, 156, and 106, 54, and 128. His last five games, four out of five tons, which is absolutely huge. Uh, And, you know, this is a a really good matchup versus the Canberra Raiders, but he's going to be playing fullback, which ordinarily you'd think is better. He hasn't gone that fantastic a fullback when he's filled in at the past, and he's really not gone fantastic when been there. So, if you have a look at the first month of the season, again, for Ruben, 58-22, 88-33. Obviously, includes goal-kicking as well. But, look, you can go past that. If you have a look at last year when Turbo was out of the year, Ruben Garrick averaged 41 points a game in 2020 with goal-kicking. He averaged 85 so far this year. So, without Trevojevic, it is absolutely no question that it's not a coincidence that the Manly Seagulls don't go well. When they don't have DCE as well, it can be really tough for him. Ruben Garrick had three games last year that he played at fullback, and he went 63, 52, 43. So it wasn't a huge increase on on what he normally does. Um, it's it's not going to make a massive difference. I think the thing that's key, though, that is a positive for him this week is that playing against the Raiders who aren't very good, having the fullback spot, um, it's probably going to help. He's going to be more involved because Turbo's not there but also because DC is not there, maybe he'll get a bit more ball and usage at fullback than what he normally would. I wouldn't be talking anyone out of getting Ruben Garrick. Um, I'm actually going to probably pass on him myself just because 846000 is a lot of money. He's a good run home candidate though. So if you are happy enough that you may very well cop a 40 or 50 this week, which could happen, that's fine because afterwards he's got the Dragons, um, the Tigers and the Sharks before he hits the hard games. Now, I will say with that Dragons game, it's it's probably unlikely that Turbo's going to play in it and maybe DCE won't play either. So it could be for the next two weeks, Garrick doesn't have Turbo or DCE. Garrick is in 20% of teams now and that's before trade. So I dare say he'll probably be 27, 28% of teams by the time we kick off that Manly game, which means you know he's far from a pod and. With the next two weeks that Garrick's looking at, it might actually be a bit of a you know move against that ownership of of 28% of super coaches on by just getting other players. Now you could get with probably most people's bank uh, the same price as Garrick two really good centre wings, and I've already spoken at nauseum about Tupo and and Campbell Graham, but either of those guys could easily outscore Garrick this week, Um, and there's some other guys as well that could too, and you could even look at other different positions, like if you don't have Cody Walker, he's a much better purchase than what Ruben Garrick is, so I'm not saying that Garrick is guaranteed to go badly, he's gone too well to say that, but there's a lot of factors that are different this week than what he's had on his run is all I'm saying, so certainly um, he could struggle this week and next potentially. If he was 500k, I'd I think it's a no-brainer just to buy him. At 850-odd K, uh, I think that you should be looking at both both sides of it, uh, but I couldn't talk anyone out of it because, geez, he has been killing it. Uh, as far as the Canberra Raiders side of things, um, I don't think that there's any huge huge buy-round plays that were spoken about, aside from Corey Howware and Naira. The team has changed a little bit. I was hoping that Jordan Rapana was going to be at fullback, but it's Xavier Savage. A few people have looked at him as a bit of a purchase. purchase. Um, I, I think he could do that. But I will remind people for this matchup that whilst he's starting at fullback, in other games he has been 18th man. That can also play havoc with your AE. Uh, it can also play havoc with you trying to loop if you've got a, an 18th man come in and score, you know, five points in his 10 minutes that he comes in for in a game in the future down the track. He's not necessarily going to go away. He could end up keep, keeping on playing too, which maybe you want, but just a few things to consider. If you expect him to be a one-and-done type of guy, he's probably not going to be. But there isn't a huge amount of interest on this Raiders side. Ryan James is playing, which is great. Uh, that gives everyone maybe an extra 25 points that have held him like I have. But captaincy and vice-captaincy options really important for this round because obviously everyone's going to have a free stab at the v so, there's no way in the world that you would put a C on anyone in this game. But, the very clear guy to, to consider is going to be Ruben Garrick. And I dare say quite a few people are going to go to the VC because Canberra Raiders' performance last week was really poor. Uh, I'm going to say I'm not going to be doing that even if I own Ruben Garrick. I think that there's some better options. Uh, certainly uh, in the next couple of games there's some better VC options that you could go for. But, he is goal-kicking. Uh, maybe he does buck the fullback trends and he does throw up a big score. Uh, maybe merely go well just because Canberra is going as bad as they could ever be going at the moment. Who knows? He's definitely an option. I just would be going other ones myself. When we're talking about pod purchases or, or cheap ones for this one, a guy that I haven't actually mentioned in, in any of the past couple of weeks' podcasts is Morgan Harper. Now, I'm going to... Say right at the get go, I'm not saying that he's a great buy, uh, I'm not saying that you should get him in necessarily. What I said when I was answering some of those questions on Victor Radley is very true for Morgan Harper. You, there's most many teams are not going to be able to just get in guns with every single trade they have left, they're going to have to get in some mid range guys or some cheap guys. So certainly in center wing, uh, Morgan Harper fits that bill. He is someone who is only 380k and he's someone that's gone on some decent runs before. He's actually only scored one try so far in the 11 games that he's played, which is very different to last year. Last year, he was a lot more effective. Um, I'm not sure why he dropped off so much, but one of the good things is that he does have a raw base of 31, and his base base attack really does bring him to that 40s type of scoreline. You know, and he has managed to average, with only one try, 51 points a game this year. So... He's actually doing very solid at 51 points for 380k. He is a centre wing that's going to be playing Canberra this week in a buy round where you might be searching for a really cheap option. As far as really cheap options go, um, you know, at the mid-range category, he's a decent one you could have a swing at. Um, He does have the Raiders this week, obviously, but then he does have the Dragons and the Tigers and the Sharks over the next month of footy. So, not a bad one to have a bit of a dig at. Uh, He could do something for you if you're really desperate and you need to do that downgrade to free up cash for next week, but it is a bit risky because he doesn't really have very many big scores this year. His two biggest scores are 76 and 84 and the 84 being the the one with the try. So, I I do think that he will probably go decent this week, though. As far as the game goes, uh, I'm actually looking at the odds on Top Sport for the bet of the week, thinking that, you know, the Canberra, Canberra Raiders are humongous value. Now, I understand why, because they've been going absolutely awful. But for $4.40 for the win, and the the Seagulls don't have DCE and don't have Turbo, I understand Whiten's out for the Raiders, but he's been pretty bad anyway. I, I think that's huge value. Um, but what you can, can do, though is just take the line for the Raiders at the moment. And the line for them is absolutely phenomenal. Plus 14.5 points, you're going to get $1.95. reckon that's a fantastic bet of the week for this one. It wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders win, uh, but I'm not going to guarantee that at all with how they've been going. Who knows what's going to happen? The next game for this round is going to be the Rabbits versus the Cowboys. Now, this rabbit side, I'm just going to go straight to the to the VC options. I mentioned that there's some better VC options uh, other than Ruben Garrick. Cody Walker is... Oh, I've got the VC on him for sure. There's no way I'm taking it off him. In a buy round, when you have someone like Cody Walker available playing the Cowboys, you, you have to take advantage of that because he is a guy that can just go absolutely ballistic. We've seen him score huge points before. But he's hitting this game... In supreme touch, he's got a three-round average of 95, a five-round average of 84, and his last two games he's got 99 and 110 against the Tigers and the, the Broncos. So you can imagine against the Cowboys playing in, well, not not at the Cowboys, he's going to absolutely brain it, and I'm really, really confident he's going to have a big game. I I would say that he's looking at a ton myself, but if you don't own Cody Walker, I think that he's the buy of the round. He's the exact type of upside guy that you need, playing a pretty poor opposition. The Cowboys looked awful last week. You should be all over South Sydney for this buy round. So Cody Walker, if you don't own him, should be your first purchase. He's averaging 74 points a game at the moment for the season, but... Last three rounds, he's got 95 points and he's got nothing less than 76. He's got a ton in there, which is his first ton of the year. He always gets multiple tons. So this week has ton written all over it. And if you can get 100 points in Cody Walker here, that's a straight loop easy for this round. So I love him for this. Um, I've obviously spoken about Campbell Graham's back-to-back tons. I've already talked enough about him, so I don't want to focus any more on him or Alex Johnston. But Uh, Alex Johnston is a guy that also has been throwing up tons. I could completely understand someone going, you know what, I'm going to throw the VC on him. Because more people are going to VC Cody Walker than what they are Alex Johnston. So it probably will give you a bit of a jump up. I could easily see Alex Johnston score a hat trick. What I would say though, with the AJ VCers that are out there, if he's going well, it's probably going to be because Cody Walker's gone well as well. You know, Cody Walker's probably given him those tries, this, And Cody Walker will have a bigger game than what AJ will if that's the case. So I'm much more confident with AJ. I love him for this matchup. On the Cowboys side of things, geez, it's tough. There really isn't too much at all uh, that's exciting and there certainly isn't anything that I'd be looking at a VC on. Tom Malolo's probably the only guy that's remotely relevant that people might have considered, but he's been dismally... Uh, performing lately at 60, 54, 42, his last three weeks, uh, and he's done that playing 59, 57, and 53 minutes. Now, the minutes actually aren't that bad, like they could be a lot worse than a 56 a odd average across his last three games. You know, he should be good for 60 plus points doing that, but he just hasn't been. His PPM for the first time in his entire career has gone below one. You know, he's always been at least 1.1 to 1.22, that's his range. And he's at 0.93. That's really bad, especially coupled with his lower minutes. So, 460000 is very cheap. I couldn't possibly recommend anyone to buy him. But with Tohu Harris out, there's a, a real loss of second row forward options if you really wanted them for this round. So, look, he's a risky one. Um, but I would say to everyone that is considering him, he might go well against South pack. I do think South pack can be a bit weak at times. And, and Tomalolo especially could tear him up a little bit. But... The next two games for the Cowboys, they've got the Sydney Roosters and the Melbourne Storm. So it's just really bad after this week to bring in any of these Cowboys guys. I would I would really struggle to do it with the form that they're in. I think that you just put a line through the Cowboys for this week and you load up on the Souths guys because I reckon Souths are an easy 13-plus this week and you want as many of those Souths players as you possibly can because it's a very, very premium matchup. As far as the top spot bet of the week for this game... Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are currently minus 15.5 points at a $1.90 for this one. I think that's phenomenal. I, I would be all over that. Yes, uh, Souths are missing Latrell, and certainly they're missing Arrow in the pack, but look, they've still got Cody Walker there. They've still got some other big strike weapons there, and I'd be very surprised after the last week's performances that the, the Souths can't win 16+. plus. So I love that one. The next game, we've got the Roosters and the Bulldogs, and talk about premium matchups. Like this one on paper looks like a hugely premium matchup. The Roosters haven't been going great. They're gonna have Tedesco out, which hurts. But in saying that, the Bulldogs were woeful last week. You know, if Bailey can win sixty-six nil or whatever it was, then even an underperforming Roosters could win forty nil uh, in without Teddy. You know, this is real premium matchup, but you do need to look at the Bulldogs and consider if there is any potential options that you could look at. Um, Luke Thompson has obviously been kicking around as one, he has been solid I'm actually going to bypass him though, I think some of the other options are better Uh, And a lot of these cheaper guys, they're probably going to hang around So I'd be really careful with the Bulldogs on grabbing a guy That you think might be a one and done type of cheapie because this Bulldogs roster is going to keep changing quite a bit. So they'll probably come back and be an AE nightmare for you. So very much like the Cowboys in the last game, I reckon that this game, if you want to get guys in or you want to concentrate on VCs, it's obviously all about the Roosters. Joey Manu has actually been named at one, which is phenomenal uh, for Manu owners. And that's, that's a game where he could go absolutely huge. Against the Titans last game, that he actually started at one not too long ago, he scored a 97. And the Newcastle game before that, where which was the only other time that he's actually been named and started at one, he only scored 46, so it wasn't a huge game for him. But go again, going back to last year, 102 points starting at one, 94 points starting at one. And both of those were against pretty average opposition. So generally when he starts at one and he's playing a poor team, Joey Manu is a 90-plus special. And because of that, coming up against this bulldog side, he is 100%, if you own him, a VC option this week. And he's one that you'll get a huge jump on the rest of the pack if you VC him because he's got the potential to do that 120-plus type of score. And he's going to be really, really involved with Tedesco out and him starting at one. So I really, really like him if you own him. If you don't own him, um, it becomes a little bit difficult to buy him because, unfortunately for Joey Manu, people have bought him for that Titans game. You know, they've done really well because they got the 97 out of it. But we've discussed this time and time again that when he's not playing at one or six in the centres, he's just not fantastic. And last week, even though it was against the Storm, he scored 36 points. He can do that quite a bit. You know, even against the Broncos, if you go back to round 11 with poor opposition... He did 43 points at centre and the week before he had the the Cowboys and he only did 29. So it's probably too expensive for me to say you should buy him because 470,000 for a guy that you're hoping just to give you good points for one week and then not really play very much for the run home, it's a bit hard to swallow. If you bought him a month ago, it was a little bit different because he had three games that he was actually playing away from the centres that he could have gone well in uh, and he was a lot cheaper, 100k cheaper than what he is now. So... At the moment, his price point. I wouldn't buy him if you own him. Uh, He's a great VC option for this one. I've already spoken about Tupo. Very surprised if he doesn't score at least one try. I reckon he's going to get a double. So he's my number one rooster's purchase in that back line. Joseph Suali. Obviously, a lot of people had him hoping that he was going to play this buy round and assuming that he would. He's in the extended bench. So a lot of questions about what to do for this game. Look, I've got Suali myself. And I'm actually going to wait until an hour before kickoff when we know list because he might come into the side. I don't think that he will, but if he does, great. If he doesn't, I'm going to affect my second trade then, and I'm actually going to trade Suali out because he's not someone that's been setting the world on fire and really his, his next useful game was going to be this one and he's not even playing. So certainly you could trade him to, to someone else. Um, trading him to a Tupo if you've got the bank to do it or all, all with your second trade is it, absolutely perfect. Now another guy to talk about as a potential VC Smokey in this one is Sam Walker. So Sam Walker has dramatically dropped in ownership, but a lot of people still held on to him for this game. I know that I did, and a lot of people forget because he's been in and out of playing and really hasn't played. He hasn't played consecutive games since like round eleven and ten. A lot of people have sort of forgotten about him and he's had some lower scores in there. But he showed the ability in the past that when the Roosters are rolling and playing against poor opposition, he can absolutely kill it. 81 round 4, 89 round 5, lower 21 in 6 against the Storm though, and then 125 and 163 points. That was a 5 round average of over 100 points that he had there, and he did that really, really effortlessly with some great try assists Obviously, he had goal-kicking, which he may or may not have. It's hard to tell what's going to happen with the goal-kicking at the Roosters at the moment, but he's he's got no Tedesco there. He's got the opportunity against the Bulldog side to really attack that edge. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got 3 tries, line line-break assists and all of a sudden, you're on your way to a potential loopable score. So, VC is, a, is an option. I'm not saying it'll come off. He may very well get a, a 50 or something, but i really like to play him this week if I own him, but as far as buying him, there's been a few questions about that because Nathan Cleary's obviously gone and people are looking at selling him. Jerome Hughes was the obvious buy, but he's also someone who's not playing this week. If you want a seven that's playing this week, Sam Walker's probably going to be the best one that you can get aside from SJ, who you could also have at six. So Sam Walker, a 443k, I think that you could just, buy him and live with him for the run home he's certainly a spot starter uh, certainly against the Broncos in round 22 the Dragons in round 23 is the opposition that he scored 125 against he's got Newcastle in round 19 who obviously look a lot better now but he put 163 on them last game you know he has got some games coming up that you would want to play him for and I spoke about the Roosters draw before when I was talking about Daniel Tupo, the Bulldogs and Cowboys in the next two weeks. You know, those are 100% games that I am playing Sam Walker for. So, at 143k, if you're looking for a second halfback to grab that can play this round and give you cover, I think it's perfectly fine just to buy him and use that Cleary cash somewhere else uh, for your other halfback. So, this week, I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't go 75+. plus. So, I'm pretty happy that I held him and that I've got him. We have chatted about Victor Radley, so I'm not going to go through that again because we talked about him in the mailbag. But a guy that I am going to mention, because I've actually had a look at him, is Satili Tupanua. Now, look, I I really didn't think that I'd be looking at him again uh, because of my lack of trades. But where I found myself is probably a good example for a lot of teams this round where... Everyone's gotten a heap of guys ruled out, like Tohu Harris isn't playing, I think Tohu Harris has to be a sell now because he could be at a month plus potentially, maybe he's back in two or three weeks, but I don't think you can really take that risk, uh, and and there isn't really a lot of second rowers this, this round, like CHN's one, but aside from that, isn't a huge amount of second rowers that you could have in your team to cover this buy round. Tupinu is under 500000 so he's reasonably cheap. Uh, he's reasonably cheap because the last couple of weeks the Roosters have gone pretty poorly and he's gone 33 and 36 points. When the Roosters go bad, Satili is going to go bad. He doesn't have great base, so he's not like someone like Angus Crichton that's going to keep you up there. But what he does do really well is when the Roosters go well and they're playing poor opposition, Satili generally go, does go pretty well. You know, so before those last two games of 33 and 36, he had 95 and 90 against the Broncos and the Raiders. He scored multiple tries between those two games. He actually had three, but that's the type of guy that he is. And that Bulldogs edge, the Roosters have torn it apart for years on those edges. And the Bulldogs edge is still very, very susceptible, if not more susceptible, for that attack. So I'd be very surprised if they're not hitting Satili Tupreneur with a heap of ball to run some lines on those edges. And I think that he's a special to get over the line and score a try. And if he does, you know, that's a second row option that you're looking at 75, 80 plus score in a round that's going to be really, really valuable. So I'm not selling him as a great trade-in because, you know, he's not the sort of second rower that you'd like to get in and, and keep. But I think your options at the moment are going to be, you're getting in guys like Satili Tupanua or you're just bypassing second row forward for the most part and not having cover for it this round. Both options are fine, but if you do want someone in your second row forward or you do want to hit this bye round hard against the Bulldogs edge, Tupanua I think, is a really good play. And I'm looking at him because he'll probably be my fifth second row guy, and I'll just use him for depth or spot plays in the future games when he's playing edges like the Broncos in the future. But certainly the next two weeks against the, the Bulldogs and the Cowboys, you know, this next two weeks is gold for Satitli. And I reckon it's going to be a 90-95 back-to-backer like he did in round 11 and 12. And that's the type of score that he's looking at. He's also 9% owned. So he is very much a pod. Top spot bet of the week for this one. I love some of these anytime try scores for this game. Daniel dollar $1.50. Now, that's not huge odds, but he's almost guaranteed to go over. Like, Daniel dollar $1.50. Sign me up. You can put him into the Roosters' minus 8.5 points and Daniel Tubo to score anytime as the same gamer and you're going to get in excess of $1. eighty, So, that's that's really good odds. But if you want big odds, like I mentioned Satili Tupanua a minute ago, Top Sport have Satili Tupanua at $2.86. That's really, really good odds for someone who generally can score tries against poor edges. So, I really like those ones. I think the Roosters are winning, winning 20 plus at least. So... I love this matchup. up um, This round, if you can't tell already, it's all about South and Roosters players for me. If you want to know what Wilfred's doing, uh, we've had a few laughs about it. We spoke about it a little bit on the last podcast, but he's got like nine Roosters in this. Like That's how much he believes in the Roosters for this buy round to try and catch up. The final game of the round is the Sharks and Warriors. This one, obviously there was a huge blow with Tohu Harris out, but there is some really good options in this game still with the Sharkies to start off with. I've spoken about Katoa and, and Militaro as uh, you know, real pod options, okay? So I'm not going to go through those guys again. I do really like Katoa to get a try this game, but Sean Johnson is the one. Now, I mentioned that Cody Walker is pretty much a must-have this week. You've got to get him in. My second trade, if I didn't have Sean Johnson, I'd be getting him in as well, uh, aside from the fact that he's a duel. We've spoken about him in length, but even though he's not scoring really big scores, he is throwing up seventies every week at the moment. And the Sharks on the weekend were awful. Okay? They were absolutely abysmal. And they were playing the Broncos. They should have been able to put on really good points. And Sean Johnson still scored seventy-five in a really, really bad game. The last four rounds, he's on seventy-five, fifty-nine, seventy-nine, seventy-one. Aside from the score that you could get out of him. Playing the Warriors, I would be really, really comfortable with all those great VC options in the first three games to put the C on him at the end. So if you don't hit with your VC, I think he's a fine option to, just to throw the C on. He scored 119 points against the Warriors, uh, and that was you know only last year. So he has a really good shot at, at trying to replicate that because he generally steps up against the Warriors, being his old club. It's also now the club that he's signed on to go back to. So I'm sure that he's got a point to prove. I'm sure that he's going to want to put it over the other halves and and, and give him a big game before he actually goes over and plays for him next year. I really love the VC uh, Cody Walker C on Sean Johnson. If you've got uh, Sean Johnson at half, because obviously he's a duel. if you can't do that, uh, it's a bit harder because you want a piece of Cody Walker. But love Sean Johnson this week. He's a premium buy. Uh, I'd say he's the second best one out of everyone. So certainly a C option to end the round. With the rest of the Sharky side, there isn't a hell of a lot there. Um, obviously, a few people have Talakai, which is unfortunate because uh, he's still on the bench uh, and he's not going to get any minutes. But on the other side of things, with the Warriors, there is a couple of opportunities there, despite the fact that one of the best uh secondary forward options got ruled out in Tohu Harris. Now, a guy that we've hardly talked about too much, aside from the odd mention, is Rhys Walsh. He's 563000 so he's quite cheap. Uh, and now we are at a point where a lot of people are playing around with fullback. Gutherson's highly traded out, and I completely understand why you could trade him out. If you're going to and you wanted some cover right now, uh, Rhys Walsh is a guy that not many people are going to bring in. He's going to be pot ownership, and he has the potential to score big. We already saw him in round 10 and 11 go 100 and 129 points. He is already averaging 69 points a game as it is at the moment. So as far as premium fullback options go that are going to be potish at around 10%, um, this is a great one to go for. You could definitely look at him for this week. I do think that he goes well on the basis that the Sharks just didn't look good last week. So I'm sure some of these Warriors outside backs will do a good job. Other thing with Reese Walsh. You can look at doing a, a, a big smoky C on him, which no one, definitely hardly anyone's going to do. So he is playing the last game, obviously. You could have the C on him, uh, and that could pay dividends against the Sharkies. I'm going to throw a real gross option out there, and it's very much draft I would be running for this guy at the moment. Dallin Wateny Zalesniak. He hasn't been a great super coach player. He's still averaging 56 points a game this year. But he's going back over to the Warriors now, uh, and he's going to be starting his first game. He's also going to be on the wing. Now, I think that DWZ is way better winger than what he is fullback. The Warriors are going to score some points against the Sharks, but the Warriors also have one of the best closing run draws that there is now. DWZ's 440000 If he was three forty, I would actually say that he's a really good mid-range option if you can't afford to get a gun in, just to have a stab at and just rotate. But 440000 is expensive. Their run, though, Sharks this week, they could go very well. Very hard with Penrith and South the next two weeks. But round 20 on that run home, now, this is money for the Warriors, and it's why some of these outside backs could be low-key match winners for head-to-head finals and also getting you to the finals. Round 20 onwards, the Warriors hit the Tigers, the Sharks, the Bulldogs, the Broncos, the Raiders, Titans. That is 20 to 25 rounds of teams that may not even play finals football, and they're all going to give up points. So the Warriors are going to get their points there. Wouldn't surprise me if DWZ scores a try in 90% of the games that he's got left with how that matches up and how much better he is on the wing. Now, that's not going to give you massive scores potentially, but if you get some doubles or a hat trick, you know, he's going to get some big ones. I do think that he's going to put in over there uh, in New Zealand. It is, in fact, his second game, I should say. So last game, he scored 47 without a try uh, at 33. That was raw base. So that bodes pretty well for him. It's just a complete dark horse option. But if if in draft he is available, I'd be running and getting him because I think he's a really good center wing rotation guy to, to jump on. Speaking about outside backs, nikorima is back. So if you had SJ, if you already had uh, Cody Walker... Uh Nikarima is another good one to jump on because of that draw. And I do think that he's going to go really well this week. He is also uh, a real dark horse uh, C option if you wanted to go balls to the wall. But because he's coming off a bit of an unknown injury, uh, I probably wouldn't. Uh, he's still got the ability to go small even though he hasn't really done it lately. So I'd be a little bit worried about that one. But you know, he's definitely a fine purchase if you're looking for a half. Now, top sport bet of the week for this one. It is so difficult to tell what way this is going to go. If I was betting a week ago, I would have looked at Top Sport and run for the Sharks and said I'm going to take them. But the Sharks' performance last week was absolutely abysmal. So I'm going to stick to the Anytime Try scores. Now, I said that Sione Katoa, I reckon, is a special to score this week. $1.79 for him is amazing. So $1.79, Sione Katoa on Top Sport. Top Sport probably has the best odds for that one because everywhere else I looked, he was $1.70 to $1.60. sixty. Really great odds for Sioni Katoa. I love it for this one. Don't know what way it's going to go, but it is the end of the buy round on that game, so it is the end of this podcast. I'm going to apologize in advance, guys. It's been a bit of a rough couple of weeks uh, trying to get time to do the podcast. Next week, though, we're back in form. I'm going to have a guest back on, and we're going to do a big one. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not going to have a cold anymore, which I've got at the moment. Had to do the COVID tests and everything, so... No, I'm going to be all refreshed and ready to go next week. So, sorry it was a bit of a rush podcast and I had to try and fit it in with everything. Hope you enjoyed it. Do download or stream us on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Twitter, nrl__sc__allstars. Underscore underscore Follow us there. Always interacting with everyone. and love having a chat. And certainly, if you are going to jump on any of those better the Weeks on Top Sport, open your account using the SC SCAllStars promo code and you'll get some really... But thanks for tuning in once again, everyone. Good luck in the buy-around. This will be the last one, and then we're on the run home. So really important trades. Hopefully, everyone goes well and moves up with Green Arrows, and I look forward to chatting to everyone about that again next week. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid.